The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Hey there, buddy. Don't forget, there's plenty of Last Podcast Network merch available over on lastpodcastmerch.com. We got shirts for all of your favorite shows like Wizard of the Bruiser and Page 7 and No Dogs in Space. And of course, plenty of stuff for Last Podcast on the left. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com. Thank you. up in the morning looks like my town is just full of fire and dragons oh boy oh boy everywhere i walk i I step in dog shit oh no more dog shit looks like i gotta go back to my job at the blowjob factory just sucking dick all day boy oh boy i wish i could get out of this hell hole of a town oh man all right Guess I'll just shoot myself in the head. <laughs> We're talking about bad towns today. <laughs> bad places bad to towns, live. Bad states. This is a continuation of our old shitty places series. We did it a couple of years ago. We did Philly. We did, I think, Iran. I think we did Russia and we did Florida. Yeah, we've lived, we've both lived in bad places. Like you lived in Florida, I lived with my ex, you know, bad places. (laughs) So, I mean, this is great. Uh, I'm happy to uh, be doing this because, you know, um, you find what you love about places when you're forced to learn about them. You know, offhandedly, you're just like, ah, you know, fuck that place. But then when you sit down and you really learn about it, you're like, oh, shit, I want to go on vacation there. And it's, uh, there's there's good in every town and there's horrible in every town. Yeah, and we like making fun of th- places we love, you know, roasting America, roasting the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Man, I took a three hour long walk today and then I took a nap. So my brain is like soggy and I'm trying to wake it up. <laughs> That's fine. Have you tried liquor? I'm drinking a little bit right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Wakey, wakey. <laughs> I did a lot of research on mine today. I'm going to be talking about Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do. We'll get to that later in the episode. Um, and uh, I, I found that most of my research just took me on a tangent on police brutality. Mm-hmm. So I'm wearing my Boston police hat to kind of keep my brain in check. And uh, <laughs> but first, uh, I want to, we, we're going to talk about the the great state of Mississippi. Yeah, this you, was your choice. This is mine. You said let's do shitty places, and I was like Mississippi, and you were like what town, and I was like all of it, <laughs> all of it. But here's the thing about Mississippi: like people, they love it. They're like born there, and they want to die there. Like ask anybody from Mississippi or most people, and they're like, I love it here. Like William Faulkner love it. He never left. I mean, I'm sure it's beautiful. It's one of those the beautiful south states. is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty much untouched since dinosaurs. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Only thing I really know about Mississippi is that it's like I gotta say it fast seven times in order to sack my friend in a football game. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of research. There's a lot of fun stuff about Mississippi. I got some jokes about it. Let's see. Let's hear them. Uh, Mississippi is known as the hospitality state, but they're also one of the highest crime states. I guess they're generous with bullets. (laughs) Mississippi Uh. is the unhealthiest state, and it has a Confederate symbol in their flag. The South shall rise again, but it's got to get a grip on the lazy boy first. (laughs) It's got to roll over on its stomach and on its back and then push up with its hand. Yeah, give me a three count. Give me a three count before I rise. Mississippi is the lowest in education, but that's based on what a bunch of nerds think is important. Like, who needs algebra when you can kill a pig with your bare hands? (laughs) I mean, I like any state that has um, pee-pee in its name. Pee-pee. <laughs> Mississippi didn't uh, like ratify the Thirteenth Amendment, which is again like abolishing slavery. They didn't do that till nineteen ninety five. Oh my God, nineteen ninety five or eighteen ninety five? Nineteen ninety five. Jesus Christ! And then they didn't even like send the documents off. They just like, well, we forgot because somebody was watching the movie Lincoln, and they were like. That, like that that big, big famous movie. And they're like, I wonder if Mississippi rectified the 13th Amendment. And they dug through the files and they just discovered they had not. So like some rando. But Lincoln came out in like 2012 or something. Really? Because that yeah, was, yeah. It's because r- I know it was so somebody. Wait, so 1995, they, they rectified it. But then it wasn't sent off to the government till 2013. Oh my God. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. After they saw it, that makes sense. I remember when I went and saw Lincoln, I saw it in New Jersey with my mom and my ex girlfriend. And it was the scene where they're like voting. And then the, um, we yes or no on slavery. And it got to New Jersey and they voted no. And the whole crowd went, <gasps> it was the funniest fucking thing ever. They were so appalled. Because <laughs> the meatballs fell out of their mouths. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about. About Mississippi. Well, it's really beautiful. Um, let's see. The, we talked about the the nineteen blues comes from there. Um, uh, a lot of Delta. great Delta blues. A lot of great artists really come from there. And I think I really do think artists are kind of like born in poverty and then have to kind of claw their way out of it. And it, they're also born into a lot of states where there's a lot of like rules and regulations on things you can say. Um, mm-hmm. FedEx came from there. They invented like a lot of crazy things. Like FedEx was started in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. 
The dollar sign was invented in Mississippi. Soft toilet seats, like, you know, the soft toilet seat covers, that comes from Mississippi. Oh, yeah, I could imagine. No, those fuckers need more cushioning <laughs> yeah, they, on their toilet. They don't of course, they fuck. invented something that makes shitting better. <laughs> <laughs> With their fried catfish festivals. I've been to Tunica, Mississippi once. We did a, because uh, they have like riverboat gambling. Uh, so if you're close enough to the Mississippi River, like the casino could be on the river and then they can have gambling. And I, so I went to Tunica, Mississippi. And I remember we did a gig. Uh, Jeff roasted uh, the guy who worked at the casino. It's a bunch of football players there. Joe Theismann, you know, guys like that. But one of the people there was one of the CEOs of FedEx. And he was gambling after the gig. Oh, yeah. And then we saw and he was betting on $10,000 a hand. Amber. Oh my God! Ten thousand dollars a hand. What's you? What are you even doing? What are you even doing? Well, FedEx guy, because you know how it takes a long time for a business to start up, and he was like crashing, so he was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to Vegas." And then he won enough money to keep his business going for a year in Vegas. Damn, I bet it's the same fucking guy. <laughs> That's a wild dude. Oh man, uh, they also invented the teddy bear. So Teddy Roosevelt was in Mississippi and he was hunting, and there was a bear that was trapped. And he was like, "I don't want to kill it. It's unsportsmanlike to shoot a bear like that's trapped in a cage, right?" So then people they mocked him, or like they did like cartoons of like him looking really soft and like a softer version of a bear. Mm -hmm. And then some artist was like, "Oh, I like this cartoon. I'm going to do like a life size version of this." And that's how the teddy bear was created. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I love teddy bears. Teddy Roosevelt, great dude, too. I like him. As far as presidents go, you know, he got shot in the chest and he lived through it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One time I, I stumbled in the Teddy Roosevelt Museum in New York City and uh, because I just happened to be walking past it with zero plans, as you normally do. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, I'll go in this museum. I'll go into Teddy Roosevelt Museum. And there was a shirt. Like covered in blood, and it turns out he got shot in the chest, and he fucking finished his speech, and then uh, and then uh, got the bullet taken out and lived. That's great. People in the past had like crazy. <laughs> they would just duel all day and drink whiskey for breakfast. Like that was normal. No way. I like my face masks and naps. Yeah, like, I would not have survived. And you know their booze was not our booze. You know that shit was like turpentine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There's also a lot of, um, like, I think the only last standing USO building built just for black people is in Mississippi. Because World War II, they were segregated troops. And wow. uh, Yeah. Segregated troops. And, like, the USO building, you go and, like, you go dance, you have potlucks. It's just kind of like a place to relax for soldiers. Mm -hmm. And that's the only one left standing in all of the United States. Wow. Interesting. Or, yeah. Or at least that's what I read. But <laughs> The capital, I know, is Jackson, which is mm -hmm. named after uh, Andrew Jackson, who is, I think, uh, other than Trump, the worst president. Yeah. So <laughs> He owned a lot of slaves. But also Mississippi um, changed their flag. That joke about the Confederacy I did in the beginning, they changed yeah. it now. In 2020, it's like a magnolia in the beginning. That's in beautiful. I love magnolias. Yeah. That's my favorite flower. It's a, it's so big and beautiful. We used to have them in Tallahassee, which is very similar to Mississippi. See, I love the South. I love the feel. I love how it's just like always wet outside, you know? Yeah, it rains every day. Mm -hmm. But it is incredibly racist in Mississippi. <laughs> it, is, it is. Well, you know, like, you know, because I grew up in Louisiana and it's like you know, right next to it. And yes, it is racist. But then I got to New York and I was like... 
whoa, this seems like more segregated. And it's come to find out they have the most segregated school system in the country. New York. Yes. New York. Of course. Yeah. Of course, because the neighborhoods are more separated than anywhere else. Uh, you know, a zip code in New York could be a matter of blocks, but in Mississippi, it's like miles, you know? So it's a, uh, it's, it makes sense that New York would be the most segregated. It does. Because, you know, you're either in a nice neighborhood or you're in a shitty neighborhood. And we learned That's that right. in the West Indian parade. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> No, you don't go to the West Indian Parade. As a as a white woman, I kind of like walk wherever I please. But then when they're just like no white people allowed, I'm like, okay, I'll be over here. Like, <laughs> there's no, no reason way I'm to going fight there. it. There's no reason. No to- <laughs> reason. You don't want me there. I don't need to be there. Amen. You have fun. Thank Amen. you. <laughs> I'll be over here drinking hand grenades. <laughs> Do you know what the state dance of Minnesota is? That's shitting out cheese curds. Close clogging. <laughs> That's awful. That is awful. I picked Mississippi as one of the worst because, like, my mom moved there many years ago, mm-hmm. and it is beautiful. Like, when you drive down those roads, it does look like it's been untouched. I think the Choctaw Indians were first there. Um, but people are not very – I was I was shocked when they said it was a state of hospitality because – Everywhere I go, it's like I'm met with suspicion, but maybe it's me in my like black trench coat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> they You're don't definitely know me. out of place there. And so was I when I'm there, but you just got to put on that smile and, you know, just be nice. It's like, it's like your chance for them to start liking city folk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm always nice, but I do notice like when people come over, like, Inviting people over to your house or going to people's house, it wasn't so much about the food and the community. It was more like showing off and like, you know, you go to your aunt's house and the table is there and it was promised to my mom in the will and they're screaming at each other because she wanted the whole reason she invited over to start drama because nothing's going on. You know what I mean? Or to like, look at my Elvis plates I have on the piano it's like all just kind of like showing off and getting jealous and screaming and suspicion. Like it's not like it's not just try the gumbo. It's try the gumbo and look at all the shit I have, you know? Yeah. No, it's all tchotchkes, that whole town. That's all it is. Tchotchkes handed down from decorate from generation to generation. Yes. And uh and they do love Elvis. I mean, Elvis is Memphis. Memphis is super close to Mississippi. And so I do understand why they love Elvis so much. But uh it's pretty funny. And, you know, I guess they love Elvis because they love stealing from black people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Elvis did steal a lot of things. <laughs> I do. I love Elvis. Do you like Elvis? I was never really an Elvis fan. I don't know why. I don't know what I can like point it to. He was sexy for sure. Like mm-hmm. if you look at Jailhouse Rock, I'm like flicking the bean to this old dude. But it's- <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So when you go visit your mom in Mississippi, what what is something you like to do there? I mean, honestly, like the South really has changed. Like when I was growing up. You know, you could, if you're hungry, you go fishing, you get a catfish, you go pick some blackberries, whatever. And then now it's just like, really, it's just poverty. And it's like, it looks like you're driving through a third world country. And I remember I was driving to this place in town. I do quotes, but it was like busted out abandoned buildings and like 
pregnant dogs running down the street. And I go to this little place called Scooter's Po' Boys, which was one of the best roast beef po' boys I've ever had. Hell yeah. And I will say roast beef po' boy is my favorite because it's called soggy. Really? I want it soggy. Yeah, I like a roast beef po' boy. Ah. And so like... I'm in this restaurant or restaurant is just like a little, it's just like a little business that looks like run down. And then I'm looking at this picture and it's all these beautiful cars and this bustling downtown. And I'm like, where is this? Like, I just assume this is like a whole nother place. So like, oh no, that was here. That was here like 20 years ago. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Like how fast things just declined. And every like little documentary I saw on it, like, all these restaurants, it was, it's a lot of, well, we're doing good business. We're trying, but like people just don't come around. There's just no jobs. Everybody's leaving. And land is cheap and it's beautiful. So that's good. And I like getting seafood for cheap. Lord yeah. knows I love jumbo shrimp. I went to a restaurant, 35 bucks. I got jumbo shrimp, oysters, okay. Rockefeller, yes. and half a po' boy. That's great. That's fucking great. That's been, oh man. That is one thing about Mississippi. You go to a bar with a $10 bill and get hammered. Oh my God. Yes. I love it. It's a different kind of place. It's a different kind of place for that reason. And it's fine if you drive drunk. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's almost encouraged. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> so it's weird. Oh. I do love it and I hate it. And definitely people who are from there, they're just like, I love it here. I want to stay because it is so. I mean, I can't describe how beautiful this place is. And my mom, it feels like you are hiding out from the government. Yeah. And most of them are um, probably just too fat to physically leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can't. A lot of people are like, hey, I'm so like proud of you, Amber, for not going back to your parents in Mississippi during the COVID. And I'm like, I can't. Like, if I were to move to Mississippi... There's no way I could, like, get a job to acquire the money to come back here to live. Yeah. The education's so bad down there. And, you know, and they are one of the poorest states. And, they're, and it, it is, like like you said, you have to, like, catch your food. It's filled with yeah. food deserts. You know, we, we've talked about food deserts a lot on this show. I think it's very important to both of us. Uh, the You know, how many people have to, you know, the only food they can go to get is at a Dollar General or at a McDonald's. That's you know. it. Or Carl's Jr. And can we admit that Carl's Jr. is the worst? It is the food? worst. I tried so hard to like it because they're everywhere. No. How are they everywhere? Is I don't, it was what truckers eat before they go kill a drifter. That's, yeah. that's what Carl's Jr. is. <laughs> so drifter killing fewer. Yeah. <laughs> Not into it. But that's all it is. It's like dollar store, Carl's Jr. But it used to be like I distinctly remember like – Local businesses, like little mom and pop shops, none of that. It's all gone, especially now with Corona. I mean, like my mom straight up told me she was like, be glad you live in a big city because where she lives, there's trucks just can't even come in to deliver the food. So you go to grocery stores. I was paying three dollars for one green bell pepper was three dollars. That's insane. That's insane. It, it's just it's that shit. It's like, that's why they're so fucking fat. It's because they have to eat this bullshit. They have to eat this bad food. And because $3 for a bell pepper, like, I don't care how much money you got. That's stupid. That's and so stupid. Making a salad? That's going to be like a $20 salad. No, you're going to feed your kids with Carl's, what, the thing th 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 you can't. <laughs> yeah. The $2 through the drive-thru. 
And that is probably the biggest problem in Mississippi. Also, very high diabetes rate in Mississippi. I learned that when I was making the film. Uh, it's one of the top places in the country for that. And, you know, if no one's working, no one's, you know, making money, they're they're getting paid dog shit in Mississippi because, I mean, well, it's a lot cheaper to live, but you're getting paid. I mean, medicine still be the same price, you know, and it's like people, it's got to be awful, Awful. It also has the worst healthcare system of all the states. The of worst course, because they believe in private. It's very Republican, and so they only believe in private. And private's fine if you got money, you know. But if you don't have money to get your private insurance, then you're gonna have no insurance, and that's what's going on in Mississippi. You know, covered California saved my fucking life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm on some like cheap plans here and I, I'm very lucky. And also like the free um, COVID testing. I just walk to Echo Park and I get it done. I walk back. I get my little exercise in. Yeah, I did it today. Yeah, free COVID, you know, with my insurance that I got through the state. That's great. And I am negative and I can officially be around Julie again and Amber and whoever for doing this over Zoom. But uh, that's official. I made it to Reno and back in and out of hospitals. I, you can't stop me. No, that's great. <laughs> I'm untouchable. <laughs> great job, Eddie. I'm very proud of you. You were in some like war zones. Yeah. I feel, you know what? I can't believe it. I really am lucky. I, I, I've been on a couple trips this year and I, and I, I didn't get sick at all and I'm very lucky and I'm just going to ride the rest of this out in LA until I can get vaccinated. And oh God, I almost got vaccinated and then we're getting off subject. I almost got a vaccine and then they took it away from me at the last minute. I was Why? so excited. I don't know. We filled out some shit and they, I, I, I knew, I knew something was fishy the whole time, but it was like through Julie's work. Cause she's like an essential worker and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and so they had like extra vaccines were sent to Los Angeles. And so they were like giving them out in a lottery. And then like Julie got it because she's an essential worker. And that means I get it because I'm her life mate. And so, uh, but uh, uh, I got an email today saying you go fuck, but you can come get tested if you want. <laughs> Jeez. I like how we're all like mating off like penguins. Like, is this your mate? Yeah. <laughs> Do you hide the baby egg together? <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to sit on an egg. There's no way I would not crush it. No, I'd, I'd crush that fucking egg. <laughs> Work wants me back because Gavin Newsom's like reopening. And I'm a big part of my fear is not necessarily COVID, but just like civil unrest in Hollywood because like the medicine people need to be copacetic. They can't afford it anymore. Um, mm. the unhoused situation has gone through the roof and I don't yeah. even walk cause I can walk there. I don't walk that direction because it's just, it's wild and it's always been wild and I kind of like crazy, but this it's, it's too much. Yeah. The homeless count they can't even do this year. They're yeah. skipping it because it's COVID and it's too dangerous. And so, you know, we don't even know what's going on. And obviously, I mean, I can see with my own eyes that it's definitely higher. Yeah, and that's just making COVID worse. Like, how are you going to wash your hands when you don't have a sink? Oh, my God. They started putting in all these, like, sidewalk sinks around town. Mm -hmm. And I just saw some woman, like, washing her clothes in it when I was walking by it today. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm never using a sidewalk sink. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad she got to wash her clothes, but, you know, kind of defeats the purpose of the whole Kind of defeats thing. the purpose of the whole thing. I saw a guy blow a snot rocket in one of those things. And I was like, nope. 
<laughs> All right. Well, you could have just put that on the ground, buddy. Could have just. <laughs> I feel oh. like I'm not um, funny or energetic in this episode. I'd like to apologize to the fans. But it's okay. I think you're I doing great. I think you're doing great. Right. Always, you know, whether you're funny or not, always act with confidence and they'll believe you. <laughs> you're right. More confident. All right, I'm looking at more, because I wrote all this shit down. It's a lot of, like, uh, Mississippi invented Stetson hats. Really? Uh, I love yeah. a Stetson hat. Yeah. They were the second state to leave the United States and join the Confederacy. The second state. And guess the first. Guess what South the first Carolina. Was. Yes. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were out I thought it. it'd be like Alabama. Oh, no. They did the fireworks state. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 20th state to join America. Did you know the state bird of Mississippi is fried chicken? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> oh, uh, what else? Uh, oh, more than half of farm raised catfish comes from Mississippi in the United States. I could have guessed that. If you could have, what state has the most farm raised catfish? And it's like, man, in noodling, it doesn't even mean noodles there. It just means, you know, sticking your arm down a catfish's throat. <laughs> you just dig for it. And then it can like take your arm off, but people don't give a fuck. They, they have to get food. Yeah. Also, Moss Point, like speaking of crime, there's been a bunch of crime happening in Moss Point to the point where there's a curfew and no one under 18 can be outside from like 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. No shit. That's now? That's now. That's I was reading crazy. Like Mississippi Gazette or something. I like those small town newspapers because it's like local raccoons got something to say. Yeah. Also, <laughs> 20 people died. <laughs> Shh, don't tell the rest of the country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um... Do you have anything else on Mississippi? or uh, Somebody won a million-dollar lottery ticket there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And also, the, uh, more people go to church in Mississippi than any other state. I could see that. I could see yeah. that. You know, it's always atheists that are like, religion has started more wars than anything else. I'm like, yeah, religion also helps people with, like, with their shitty day-to-day -day lives. Okay? You fucking yeah. West Coast elite liberal. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, as an atheist, I, you know, of course, but assholes start wars. You know, that's yeah. where that's what it all is. It's just one guy thinking he's smarter than the next guy. That's all war is to me. And you know, yes, a lot has been started because of religion, but a lot has just been started because we wanted to seal the land. That's it. You know, <laughs> like a lot of it's just been out of. Uh, I know we didn't kill all the indigenous people in this country uh, in the name of God, you know? So it's, you know, the, it is what it is for that. Do you know the uh, virtue et armis is the uh, slogan of Mississippi. And it means I trust in virtue, not arms. Isn't that interesting? Oh, no arms. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they say the, the state motto says uh, virtue, not guns, huh. uh, which I bet if you asked anyone in Mississippi, they'd be like, oh, I got 30, 10 guns. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots. But that's, you know, but, yeah. I mean, I remember like getting into an argument with somebody a while back and they were like, why do people in rural areas, like, why does your mom have to have so many guns? And I'm like, because she lives so far out. If anybody were to come and fuck with you, 
if you call the police, they're going to be there an hour from now. Yeah. If you get one of the three cops that works in this town, you know, like out of bed. That isn't drunk. You know, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's ridiculous. It's, yeah, I, I believe, I mean, we've talked about this, like, you know, this, just I believe in your in the right to bear arms, especially if you're out in the country, you know, like who knows, like what kind of animals or whatever or something. You have to be able to protect yourself out in the middle of nowhere. They have Black Panthers. If Black Panthers. Yeah, they have Black Panthers out that's there. That's insane. I've seen them in the woods. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I've seen them. My mother's seen them, too. I've, I feel like I keep talking about my mom, but she lives in Mississippi. We're talking well, that makes sense. You talk about her all you want. I mean, how much do I talk about my fucking mom on this show? <laughs> 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 yeah, they're there. You know, I never really got, like, spooked out by the whole, like, animals aren't supposed to be in this area. Like, like blue whales aren't supposed to be this close to the shore. I'm like, But animals, you know, they'll... They're animals. They'll go wherever they want. Like, yeah. this was their earth first. Like, we're just guests. You know, I just looked it up. Mississippi wildlife experts say that panthers do not exist in Mississippi. But They lie in. However, biologists say that it's possible that it is a, it is a black cougar and not a black panther. That is in Mississippi, which I guess could oh. make sense. But there's pictures of a giant black cat. I'm looking at them, you know, so something, you know, there's something crazy in those woods. Yeah. I saw it leap across the road when I was driving home. And it's certainly like the kind of like shit like Mississippi, like they don't know what they got down there. You know, it's there's so much woods and swamp and they got gators. It's one of the few oh, states yeah. with gators, which is cool. It's cool. <laughs> I remember walking around the woods because I love just like walking in the woods, you know, getting kind of lost. You can get lost. I've been lost in the woods and you think like, oh, I'll be able to navigate myself back. You really can't. And it's kind of scary because then the woods last forever. And you're just like, oh, my God, where am I going? And I remember I was walking around and I was like, I, I looked and then something told me to stop. Like, you know, when the back of your brain itches and it's like, oh, yeah. stop. And you're like, oh, and I stop and I look and like three feet in front of me, you know, how spider webs are just like, you don't see them. Sometimes until you're too you don't, close. Unless, unless your eyes rack focus, you know? Yeah. So I go and I look and I, whoop, spider web. And then I see the biggest fucking spider. I'm talking the size of like the palm of my hand. God damn. It's just chilling. It's probably, <laughs> probably banana spider or something like that. Something. It was bright yellow. So anybody who's listening and knows what it is, bright yellow with black spots, size of my fucking hand. I'm going to guess banana spider. We had big yellow spiders in Tallahassee, and Tallahassee's not far from Mississippi. And so I, and it seems like the same kind of earth. So I'm going to guess banana spider, but Lord knows what the fuck it was. Probably cross-pollinated with some other shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do miss – I love, like, like, you know when you're a child and you don't understand death? Like, I would just go swimming in ponds. And you'd be like, I'm going to swim in that. Because I was, like, wandered off as a kid a lot, and I'd yeah. come back all wet and they'd be like what are you doing and I was like oh I just went and swam in that pond and they're like there's alligator like people would flipping out and I was like yeah. what <laughs> poisonous snakes and shit Mississippi's yeah, just... got the creatures they got yes, the crazy they, they got them pigs too they got them big old hogs those things get up to like a thousand pounds yeah they'll fucking fuck you up they'll come charge at you yeah because they got the horns they got the wild mm. ones the hogs but it really is beautiful and anybody who's listening to this that lives in Mississippi your state is absolutely gorgeous you do feel like you're stepping back in time i love that it's untouched 
beautiful natural resources. The tap water does taste like pennies. And I hope you get a better healthcare system soon. Yeah. And if you live in Mississippi, go to the Facebook page and tell us what you love about it and why it's so great and uh, and stuff like that, because I really want to hear about it, too, because that's what it's come to become a traveling optimist when, it, you know, obviously when life is normal. But, you know, like I, I go to these towns and I found a reason in shitty Tunica, Mississippi to have a good time, you know, yeah. so it's so you can go have a good time wherever you are. It's just, uh, you know, you just got to try a little harder. Yeah. Traveling doesn't mean like going around the world. It just means having a new experience. So you could travel and go down the street as long as you like talk to a new person, go see a new cool new spider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got so lonely for traveling because I love to travel and I got so lonely and missing it. I was looking at ice hotels in uh, Norway Oh, oh man, I, I was so worried. You, you were talking about detention centers and calling them hotels. This <laughs> <laughs> is <said> ice. All <laughs> oh, right. But yeah, that sounds wonderful. I'd love to stay in an ice hotel. Oh my, yeah, yeah. It's like shaped like an igloo, and like you sleep. The beds have like fur on them, oh, but so nice. the whole thing. And I know, and the whole thing's ice, and then they have like an ice bar. You can go get drunk at the ice bar. Oh, yeah. You can just, like, take an ice pick to your wall and just, like, make a drink and shit. That <laughs> yeah. sounds wonderful. Yeah. I love being a little chilly when I sleep, too. Oh, that's the I, – I love – my most favorite thing is um, a little chilly and just lots and lots of blankets. Like, pile – I've got, like, on my bed – and we're in, like, balmy California weather. I've got, like, six blankets on my bed, and I just crank up the AC – Open the window. <laughs> cool. Live like a mad woman. I love it. <laughs> so I think that's good for Mississippi. M I S S I S S I P P I, man. That's, you know. They do it because one means a second. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Three Mississippi. Yeah. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Um, all right. Well, listen, so I chose Detroit because, you know, it's like the old butt of the joke, Detroit. It's and they always in, in my writing years and all the years I've been doing comedy and I got to write these uh, like one liner jokes. The Detroit is usually the butt of a lot of my punchlines. And hmm. so and it comes from uh, this old movie, uh, Kentucky Fried Movie. Uh, have you ever seen it? No. It's the uh, the the Zucker brothers and Jim Abrams. I feel like I watched like the same five movies over and over again. I saw Sister Act last night and I cried. It's a phenomenal film. Uh, <laughs> the second one's 
great too. Back in the habit. Absolutely. But Kentucky Fried Movie. Kentucky Fried Movie and uh, Bits and Zucker Brothers and Jim Abrams. They did Airplane, the Naked Gun series. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Their um, sketch comedy group used to be called the Kentucky Fried uh, Comedy Group or whatever, something like that. And there was this joke in that movie. They did like, and it's a sketch movie. And one of them's like uh, uh, the very, like a 30 minute sketch that's just a joke on. uh, Enter the Dragon. It's a kung fu thing, and uh, and this joke always killed me when I was a kid. So let's play the clip here. Take him to Detroit. No, no, not Detroit. No, no, please. Anything but that. No. I love that. that. Shit cracks me up so much. And, <laughs> and so ever since then, I've always just like made fun of Detroit. My whole life. Um, here are a couple Detroit jokes. Detroit's on the come up. Just a few years ago, they spotted a beaver in the Detroit River. It's true. You know what I say? I say, get that beaver out of that river. <laughs> it's going to fucking die. But the beaver actually, it took the time. It built the dam out of uh, heroin needles and broken dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's funny. It wasn't a beaver, uh, an actual beaver. It was a severed vagina. Um, <laughs> but is Detroit really that bad with crime? Oh my God! Like the, drug use, the worst. I mean, it's gotten better. Detroit is actually in a good place right now, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say. But um, <laughs> but yeah, crime. Just like so, basically, Detroit was kind of brought up with as like a. As like a GM, General Motors was in charge of Detroit, mm-hmm. and once they started closing down, they imported all their manufacturers to China, right? Yeah, they just started shutting down the the car plants. They started moving to different parts of our country, China, you know, all over the place, and it was a disaster for a town like Detroit, which is it's Motor City, you know, like it's yeah. called that for a reason. And so, and the, one of the biggest things is it, it started. It was odd because even though when it was going well, because Detroit was bustling when the when it, Henry Ford first went and built these factories and it was doing great. And it was weird because anyone could get a job at these factories. Which is good. People need jobs. It's phenomenal. But what it did was is it kind of put white people and black people and Hispanics on the same like – playing field you know like they were all getting paid the same that's good and stuff like that and the white people didn't like it and Aww. and so it, it ended up being a big disaster because they just didn't like the fact that black people were equal to them and that kind of just happened in detroit and so and then as the money started coming into the black communities they started growing and growing and becoming better and better and then when the plant shut down it hit the black communities harder than the white communities because the white communities uh, usually just moved out of town and stuff like that. I mean, and back in the 60s, there were 2 million people in Detroit. Now there's like 610,000 or something like that. And so wow. it's been declining ever since. It's still declining, even though it's getting a little better. Some neighborhoods have more people coming in than others, but uh, it, it, the total number is still declining. But I, I wanted to learn about it because there's like three instances that to me are kind of what broke Detroit. And so I did some research on these three things. And one of them is uh, the 67 riots in Detroit. I don't know if you ever heard about them. I've never heard it. 
67? 67 riots. They were the third worst riots in United States history. Um, number one was the 1863 New York City draft riots, um, which is, you saw that in Gangs of New York. And 92 LA was worse. But third is the 67 riots in Detroit. And like they fucking brought in the National Guard. And, uh, you know, it, it, so I just want to tell you about the, the 67 riots a little bit. Yeah, please. Um, 43 people died during these. It lasted four days. Uh, 43 people died. 342 people injured. Uh, 1,400 buildings burned. And 7,000 National Guard and Army troops were brought in. Uh, 1,000 buildings burned? So why did they riot? Like, I I know I'm stopping. No, 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 no. This is great. Ask me the questions. I did the research for a reason. Yeah, Um, like, why did they they riot? Because people couldn't afford? So- it was the fucking. It was a hot ass summer, you know how it gets. You know when it, when the sun when Heat it's like a, when it's like an extra hot summer, it's crazy. It gets a little crazy, and it all happened in this in this black neighborhood called Virginia Park. And I call it uh, a neighborhood, but it's not, it's bigger than it's it's a neighborhood by size, but not by people. It had sixty thousand residents, but it was four hundred and sixty acres of land. Most of it in divided apartments and people living on top of each other. So like, mm-hmm. for example, when I lived in Tallahassee, I remember me and two buddies, we had a house that had an acre and a half of land. All right. So that's Tallahassee. That's how people are spread out. Yeah. Um, and Virginia park, 60,000 residents on 460 acres of land. So you can imagine just the general temperature of a really hot town, no air conditioning. It's the sixties. You know, they're living in buildings that are dilap- uh, dilapidated. I, 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 yeah. I always fuck that word up. Uh, it's a hard word. <laughs> I remember New- it's a really hard. I remember in New York, I, it would get because you can like fry an egg on the sidewalk in New York, and this is by yeah. no means like compared comparable compatible dilapidated. What are we talking about these words? <laughs> but I, it gets so hot. Like you really do get heat madness. And I would take a towel. I would get it wet, put it in the freezer, then go and do open mics then come back, crack the towel open, lay it on my body. And that's the only way I could go to sleep. Then wake up four hours later, which is puddle of wet that's how i used to work in kitchens in tallahassee just wet a towel put it in the freezer and then when it's frozen you fold it into and they put it around your neck and it lasts for like an hour and then you hopefully (laughs) have another towel ready Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's what you gotta do so they're in a hot like heat madness is real in the heat you go kill other people in the cold you kill your family yeah, exactly. All right. So also the racial tension in Detroit, it's always been high. It's still pretty high, even though it's getting better. And uh, there's actually white people who are the minority in Detroit at this point. Uh, so they got 60,000 residents in this one neighborhood. And it's all of Detroit, 2 million people, 50 black cops. All of Detroit Whoa. back in 1967. So you can see how it's like obviously slighted in one direction. And all the white people are still pissed off because they're living in the only town where black people are equal. And so and so they're, they're living with that kind of weird shit. And all the businesses in, in that neighborhood, in the Virginia Park neighborhood, were actually owned and run by white people who lived in the suburbs. So they would just come in, open up their liquor store, get everyone hammered, and then shut down and like let them fight amongst each other and crime was horrible i mean the crime street crime was 
off the charts. And, you know, so they started over-policing these neighborhoods, which were filled with black people. Um, this is, you know, and this is also the same exact time when the auto industry started to move out. And the auto plants were great because anyone could get a job in there and it paid well. Uh, and so, but here's how it started. Here's how the thing started. Sorry. 12th street, which is like the poppin' street in this neighborhood. They had an illegal bar there called the blind pig, uh, which was cause they wouldn't give business license for, especially for bars to black people. So they had like their illegal, like speakeasies and shit. And mm-hmm. the blind pig was jumping one night. They had 85 patrons inside and they were throwing a party because a bunch of the people who lived in the neighborhood had just come home from Vietnam all at the same time. And the yeah. cops showed up and they locked all the doors from the outside, like boarded them up. And they were just like, okay, everyone's getting arrested. And so the cops are sitting there trying to control the crowd and they, they don't have, there's not enough cops. It was a stupid move because there's like 15 cops trying to arrest 85 people and they didn't have the manpower. They didn't have the vehicles. So they had to wait till the vehicles got there in order to escort the 85 people to jail. Oh no. Once they arrested all 85 people, the crowd starts to grow and grow over the hours. The crowd grew to 200 people as they're waiting for the cars to come. And then once the cops got all 85 people into the cars, that's when things started going crazy. The crowd started throwing bottles. Like why are you arresting these people? They're just celebrating men who fought for our country you know what are you yeah. what, what are you doing and then they, so they started throwing bottles and then it started getting a little louder and then those 200 people turned into like thousands of people and like it went, it went just like that and the cops got scared and they fucking left and they left with all these people and they're in jail and then people don't know what to do so they just start going crazy and they start rioting and there's no cops controlling it and so they start ransacking the businesses and looting and it was the last straw for a neighborhood that you know who had been victims of police brutality for years and so at 6 30 a.m the first fire broke out by 9 a.m every fireman and police officer was called to the scene every fireman and police officer in detroit was there um then as the firemen were trying to put out the fires they were beaten by the drunk rioters because these people they're also drinking they broke into the liquor stores and empty them they're hammered they've been drinking all night in the street it's like 9 a.m now and they're still going. The Detroit mayor uh, called Governor George Romney, Mitt Romney's dad, and he sent in the state police. And then he sent in 300 state police that were not nearly enough to control. Remember, 60,000 people live in this neighborhood. Uh, So they were unable to control everyone. So uh, by the next morning, 16 people had been killed. The cops just started, they would fire into groups. There was less laws, and, you know, no cameras and stuff. But there is plenty of footage of this stuff because then Romney hit up LBJ, who was president at the time, Lyndon B. Johnson, to send in the troops. And Lyndon B. Johnson sent in 2,000 National Guard Army troops. And they came in with tanks and they came in with fucking machine guns and they just started ending shit. And that's when everything got like really crazy. The neighborhood uh, started, they started to blow up apartment buildings. Like the tanks were firing in the neighborhood. Like, and they started like, and people would be stationed at these apartment buildings. It's like, and so it it just started getting extreme damage caused by both sides. You had the, the people rioting in the streets, lighting buildings on fire, uh, stealing stuff from them. And then you had the fucking army 
just shooting because they're scared. It's like, you know, these are all the kids that aren't sent the knob. So they don't even know how to properly fight, you know? So it's just like the worst possible situation. And by, and then, so this started on Sunday, went through Monday, 16 people killed on Monday, Tuesday, 10 more people killed Wednesday, 12 more people killed. And then over Thursday, um, it was over over 7,000 people arrested $50 million in damages, which translates to 387,500,000, uh, dollars in damages. So it's 387 to now to 2020 money. And uh, yeah. 5,000 people were left homeless after the situation, after everything was um, done. And I'm sure they weren't taken care of. The state was just like, well, shouldn't have done that. But they shouldn't have locked those people who just came back from war fighting for us. And I'm imagining, like, what did you say, 82 or 87? 85, 85 people. 85 people. So it's already hot and you're locking them in this place. Imagine like the hours of just being like, are we getting out of here? Oh my God, it's so hot. Am I going to die here? Are they just, are they, because when you're telling that story, I was like, oh, the cops are going to set that place on fire. I mean, like that's immediately what I thought. Yeah. No. And the, the thing is, this is just what we know about. There's, you know, this is the sixties. So that means lots of people died lots because they say 43 men were killed, but then I'm reading a, a blog where it's like, my mother was killed. It doesn't say women were killed, you know? So it's just, it's very interesting. Uh, yeah. I find that hard to believe that only 43 people when like, it's, it's so dense. Like, yeah. That. So I said 5,000 people are homeless. That means one out of 12 residents were left homeless after this situation in this neighborhood. And what could they do? Yeah, exactly. And as far as destruction goes, only the draft riots and the L.A. riots are more destructive. And um, there's a movie that came out that depicts, like, one of the horrors that happened in this. It's a movie called Detroit. It came out. It was directed by Catherine Bigelow, who I love. She's wonderful. And uh, it's like it, it, it came out a couple of years ago. You got to check it out. It's all about, you know, when the riots were happening and they trapped a bunch of people in this apartment building and the cops were trapped and they started they were holding people. The cops were holding people hostage and then the other people were trying to get in. And it was just it's a disaster. It's a biopic, but it's a horror movie. Movie. Go check out Detroit. Wow. So that's the 67 riots. I feel like you did so much cool research and I'm just like, Teddy Roosevelt was uh, the teddy bear <laughs> in Mississippi. You know what it is? <laughs> I've just always been obsessed with this and I finally sat down and really learned about it. Uh, because because yeah. I w- the next thing I'm going into, because that's the 67 riots. And the next thing is that in the 70s, the Detroit Police Department, after that, they became obsessed with crime prevention. Um, so check out the audio from this commercial that ran on television. Rape. This word represents the most frightening violation of a human being that can be imagined. Any woman could be a victim. For that matter, so can any little girl or boy. There are hundreds of things anyone could do to prevent this crime. Your Detroit police know what to do, and they want to tell you. Call the Detroit Police Crime Prevention Section at 224-4030 and get the crime prevention service your tax dollars paid for. It's just like that was on television. Um, Yeah, not too many trigger warnings back then. It's just like deal with it. (laughs) You know, and crime just kept going up and up and up after the '67 riots. Uh, The racial divide got worse. Uh, The you know the police were didn't know what to do, and so they became obsessed with crime prevention, and they developed a task force called Stress 
which is uh, the worst name for a city mm-hmm. that's burning itself. Um, and which stood for Stop the Robberies, Enjoy Safe Streets. And stress, I learned about stress when I was um, doing uh, Jeff Ross Rose Cops. And we were at the Black Lives Matter uh, March in uh, New York. And we were interviewing this woman from Detroit. And she was talking about everything that she survived. You know, the 67 riots and driving tanks through the streets. And she's like, and stress. And I was like, oh, yeah, it is stressful. But then, like, I went and did my homework on it, which there isn't really much about stress um, and this program that was done by the police for three and a half years. And basically what it was, it was a decoy unit that targeted African-American men. Uh, So stress was a group of volunteer police officers uh, who were either ex-military or just fucking bikers. And there was like three black guys and they what they would do was a decoy unit, which was they would like go into a, a, a black neighborhood, uh, act drunk and like have money in their hands and wait to get mugged. And then a bunch of cops are like waiting behind a bush. And like whenever the person would start to mug the target, they would just fucking shoot them. <gasps> or yeah, and it was. And that's so it was they were doing stuff like that. They would even dress up like women and like pretend to be drunk. And then like the guy would put their hand on their shoulder and he'd turn around and he'd fucking shoot them. And they were like, and a lot of times, you know, they didn't, not every person they shot died, but they, in three years, they killed 24 men. 22 of them are black. And that's entrapment. That's illegal. Yes. That's entrapment. Exactly. No, it's insane that this was something. That happened. I, I also read a story and I believe it came out of Detroit. Like somebody proved me wrong, but like some police, they parked a van and they opened it up and it was like full of shoes. And it's in a very poor neighborhood where kids need shoes. Give the kids the shoes. Every child should have a pair of shoes, right? Yeah. And uh, of course, people go and they take them and then they go and they arrest everybody. And it's mostly children and they send them off to juvenile. This entrapment. It's though it's it sucks and it I've seen it happen with my own eyes. It's something police do. It's it's bad and it just happens and it was happening immensely in the seventies in Detroit uh, during the time of stress. See, this is the problem with stress. During the time of stress, crime was lower than ever, but mostly because two things: the stress unit was scaring the fuck out of everybody, scaring them from doing crime. But the other side of it was that these weren't real cops. They weren't exactly filling out paperwork. They were just beating the shit out of people and leaving them in the street. You know, so we don't even know the real number. It says 24 officially, like on the books, 24. We don't know the number of the amount of people that died and the amount of people who were just left next to dead people whose lives were never the same because they were fucking hit in the face with billy clubs and helmets and shit. And so it's, Mm. it's very intense what was happening because these are all just, they were roving gang. They were literally, they would get into pickup trucks and drive around the neighborhoods. And if they saw someone that they claimed that they thought was committing a crime, they would just jump out and beat the fucking shit out of them and then throw them in the back of the truck 
keep beating them and then dump them a couple blocks down the street where there was no one else like protecting them. Oh my God. And it was just kind of what was happening for a while. And Sheriff Roman Gibbs said that the Streff's units were only going to be placed in certain neighborhoods. So these units, they weren't going to the white neighborhoods looking for crime. They were just going to the black neighborhoods like Virginia City or what was it? Um, what was it called? Virginia Park. And that's where they were finding people. So basically... What they would do would they they I told I told you they put the decoy out and then that's that's how they would they would catch them and see I'm I'm like going off of what I learned and then I'm reading my notes and so that's why there's a, a couple back yeah it's so hard to do like book reports because yeah. we both want to do a good job you know what I mean <laughs> and then it's just but then there's a thing <laughs> so but the main concern was they wanted to stop street robberies which were at an all time high. In 1970, there were 21,000 reported street robberies, which is about 58 a day. That's crazy. 58 a day? 58 street robberies a day in Detroit in 1970. This is I'm only talking wow. about 1970 right now. I'm on Citizen App, and <laughs> I, I see things, and I'm like, wow, things are bad, but 70s. Whew. Yeah. It puts every film into perspective, like Taxi Cab Driver- Everything I see from the 70s is, like, gritty. Yeah. It's weird how, like, the older buildings, you know, in the 70s, they look worse than they do now in a weird way. Um, <laughs> it's 69 of those 21,000 robberies resulted in murder. And so stress was the result of that. Um, there was one awful incident uh, where several people lost their lives because of stress. And it was what this is what kind of caused stress to be disbanded. And it's called the Rochester Street Massacre. Uh, it happened on March 9th, 1972. Three stress officers affected an unauthorized entry into an apartment building. And they followed a guy, uh, a black cop, an off-duty cop. They followed him because they saw he had his gun on him. And they followed him home and then kicked the door open and then just opened fire. But the thing is, it was just a bunch of cops playing poker inside. And so the stress cops shot four cops, killed one of them with six bullet wounds, and then shot the the other three cops multiple times. And, and so it was that is what turned the D Detroit Police Department against stress. And that's kind of where it started to be disbanded and you know because obviously they were furious that they cops killed a bunch of cops because they were acting like the fucking gang that they are wow but let's admit i bet that poker game was pretty fun right up until the shooting right? <laughs> i really always wanted fun. to gamble illegally with police even though i'm against gambling it just seems like too much fun to pass up um <laughs> black people have reported that stress officers would often trick you into messing up uh like uh for example they'd come up to you and they'd ask you for a light and then when you reached in your pocket they would scream he has a weapon and they'd shoot you get the fuck out they would do stuff like that and then like so like there was one story where a guy was telling he's like I remember I was hanging out with my buddy and a guy came up to me and asked me for a light and I went in my pocket and then my buddy just put his arms around me so I couldn't take my hands out of my pocket and then because he, he saw that the cop was holding his gun waiting for him to take his hand out of his pocket and so that was stress and it didn't get much better after that. I mean, Detroit Police Department, it's improved a little bit now. But the third incident that I want to talk about with the police in Detroit, and then I'll be done talking about the police in Detroit, because I think that the over-policing and 
not just that, the out-of-town police that police these neighborhoods. Because I believe in community policing, and all the police officers in Detroit are, like, from the suburbs, and they come in, and that's why they don't understand how to, like, treat the people of the neighborhood. Yeah, it's like when my mom walks through New Orleans, she's like, I don't, like, she lives in the woods. Like, you don't understand how to walk. You don't know how this, like, is. Exactly. And, plus, you know, like, you see Crazy Joe with a knife, you know that's Crazy Joe, and you could talk him into putting the knife down. It's if you live out of town, you see Crazy Joe with a knife, you shoot him in the head. And so I think that's like why I believe in community policing. But all right. So the last incident I want to talk about is the killing of Ayanna Jones uh, by police officer Joseph Weekly. This happened May 16, 2010. Ayanna um, Jones, Amber, this is a very sad story. Ayanna um, Jones was killed uh, seven years old while she was sleeping on her couch and the cops raided the wrong apartment. Oh, my God. Um, the police. Uh, oh, by the way, the cops, they were in the middle. They were being filmed by you, ever, you hear the show First 48. Yeah. Is, so they were being the, the crew of First 48 was falling around the police who were investigating a murder. So the cops had a film crew watching them. Uh, so. Oh, so that probably like I'm, I'm going to guess I hope that that indicted the cops and the cops went to jail for that because it was on film. You would think. Um, but actually, the only person who went to uh, jail was the the cinematographer. Um, what? Yeah, I'll get to it. <laughs> so Okay, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. This world is so cruel yeah. and I hate it. Why are people like this? It is crazy because it's, you know, the police have, you know, they've, not all cops are bad. I hate saying it because it makes me sound like an idiot to some people, but it's just like they're not all bad. But the no. thing is, uh, a lot of people at the top, uh, whether they're good or bad, they just cover up for each other because they know. They do. Also, and I will say on the side of the cops, a cop going to prison is a lot different than you or me going to prison because the cops get teared apart in prison. And so they're getting I bet a, it's like a pedophile in prison. Yeah. They're getting a different sentence than everyone else. And so I understand. But I, I mean, you commit a crime, you go to jail. So it, the, yeah. that's the other side of it. Speaking of someone who lived in uh, the Middle East under the Matawa, like absolute power corrupts absolutely. I mean, these fuckers would just pull you over and like just fuck you up, you know, mm -hmm. for whatever they would suspect. They would follow you and be like, where's the man you're with? Like, so you should never give uh, a select group of people this power because then they start thinking, Oh, you could just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And I'm, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> everybody should behave by these rules. And I've seen cops at parties flirt with underage girls. I've seen them do things that are just as illegal. Oh, my God. The cop parties at Poor House, they'd shut that curtain and I would just like. You almost want to just like grab the stripper and be like, don't go, go home. I don't care how much money they're going to destroy you. No, Please don't go, go home. home. Yeah. They're no. going to kill you. Yeah. All right. So the police were investigating a murder two nights before. So the murder happened a couple nights before. They believed the suspect was hiding in the apartment. The problem was it was a duplex and the apartment warrant they had was actually for upstairs and they raided the downstairs. Hmm. Uh, there's a couple different ways the story is told, but here's the most common version. They shot a flash bomb into the house before they kicked the door open, uh, through the window. What's a flash bomb? A flash bomb is basically, it's like a flash grenade. It goes in and it's like a big bright light. So whoever's in there can't see and they're distracted and you wait two seconds and then the cops come in while they're distracted and they disarm everyone and stuff like that. Uh, Ooh. but the flash bomb they shot went 
and landed on the couch and set the couch on fire and set Ayanna Jones on fire, <gasps> the little seven-year-old girl. And so the grandmother who I met, um, uh, she's the most kind woman. Uh, her name is Mertilla. Uh, she's about five three, you know, just seven in her seventies, just old, fragile woman. She runs over to go put Ayanna Jones out, like to put her out. And then the cop, uh, Joseph Weekly, uh, shot at the couch and shot Ayanna Jones in the head with a machine gun. And, uh, and so, so, ba- and, and now the problem with all of this is, is the cop Weekly says that the grandmother, Mertilla, grabbed his gun and that's when it went off and shot the girl in the head. But we got first 48 showing different things. Not just that. She said she didn't do it and her uh, fingerprints weren't on the gun. Fuck them. And so, and so <laughs> and plus, like, you know, this may sound stupid, but I met the woman. I hugged this woman. You know, like, she she's not lying. You know, she's destroyed. She's destroyed to the point where she's traveling the country, going to marches because she watched her granddaughter's head get blown off in front of her. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Weekly persisted that Bertilla grabbed his gun. Uh, you know what happened? They put her in jail, tested her for drugs, and then released her in 24 hours because they had nothing to hold her on because there was no fingerprints on the gun. The whole incident was filmed. The videographer um, of First 48 couldn't believe that nobody was asking for her footage, so she started showing it around. And then she got nailed with obstruction of justice, got two years probation, and a $2,000 fine. Uh, What the fuck? Fuck? Joseph Weekly is still a cop in Detroit to this day. He did, he got five years off and he paid vac- he got five years paid suspension and now he's still and now he's he got reinstated in 2015 and he's still a cop. Um J. Cole wrote a song about it. I love J. Cole, he's a hip-hop star uh with TLC. It's called Crooked Smile. Check it out. You'll hear it at the end of this episode. Um, but the 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 brighter side of this is in 2019, nine years after this happened, the family of Ayanna Jones finally got uh, a settlement uh for 8.25 million dollars. So, I mean, I'm sure they'd rather have her back. I mean, no one, your daughter is worth no amount of money. Uh, yeah. But I am glad that this family doesn't have to live in complete fucking poverty next to murderers and drug dealers anymore. <laughs> and so no. I'm, they're, they're out of there. And that is good. And so that is kind of why I think Detroit sucks so much is just the racial divide, the abuse of police power over years and the uh, and the. Obviously, the the plants leaving. Obviously, the the GM moving and the Ford plants going. It's almost like billionaires leaving. Uh, you know, shipping their jobs over for like a little bit more money in their pockets just kind of makes everything it's worse. Definitely, what happened. Um, and then Detroit has been struggling. Like I said, it's coming back up, but that's only in the past like three years. Amber, um, the Silverdome where Detroit uh, Lions used to play football. It's a giant. Dome Stadium. They built it for $55.7 million. And, um, and they it was sold in 2009. Uh, 80,000 seats, uh, Dome Stadium. Uh, how much do you think it sold for in 2009, Amber? Just take a guess. 
$4 million. $583,000. An entire, entire football stadium. Like that's like a like a, a normal house. You can buy a house in Los Angeles. I've been shopping for homes in Los Angeles lightly, just browsing, and I can't find shit for under a million. I get two bedroom houses, million dollars. This entire football stadium was sold for five hundred eighty three thousand um, dollars. Luckily, it was bought by the uh, WNBA team, uh, the Sparks, and they that's play good. there now, so that's good. Um, you know what I would do with a football stadium that I bought? Like, imagine if I if so, it's your house. A good it's your house now. It's my house. Well, you know what I would do is I would have like you know those like Greek and Roman times where they would have like they would flood it with water and then like have boats mm-hmm. and then like have fights. On oh, the water, yeah. <laughs> I would bring that back. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, they used to do that in the Coliseum. They'd fill it with like crocodiles and shit, and they'd recreate yeah. navy battles. And they'd be like, "All right, so," <laughs> and that's how they would tell the news. You know, they'd be like, "We had this great navy battle, and this is what happened." And so they put a bunch of slaves on a boat, and they'd be like, "All right, you're gonna be on this boat, and we're just gonna kill you," uh, <laughs> just to show yeah. everyone else the news. Oh my god. <laughs> Just to show the news. How much would you pay for a ticket to see that? I'm guessing like 50 bucks. I, I mean, mean, I'm like, in, I'm, I'm not paying any money to watch anyone die. Um. Yeah, in my world, <laughs> in my little boat world, no one's going to die. You know, I will release the crocodiles, but there won't be like people on a boat that will, you know, be eaten. It would just be like, you know, crocodile fights or whatever. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, for crocodile fights, I'll spend twenty-five to thirty dollars. <laughs> That's good. You know, you get what five hundred thousand people doing that. Quick maths. What's it like? Six million dollars. <laughs> Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to seventy percent off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say a couple more bad things, and then I'm going to start talking nice about Detroit. Because okay. honestly, I hated it, and I like doing all this kind of made me fall in love with Detroit. Um, in 2010, uh, they were oh, still in a lot of trouble. There were 150,000 foreclosures in the Detroit area, and that, which is a lot considering it was a little bit less than that a couple of years before that. And so homes were... Uh, been foreclosed on uh, immensely in the Detroit area and Flint, Michigan, mm-hmm. all these towns that had all the car plants leave have been destroyed. Um, in 2014, the city of Detroit filed for chapter nine bankruptcy when they were $18 billion in debt. Okay. Mm. Now Detroit is out of bankruptcy 
and it is issuing bonds backed by its own credit for the first time ever. That's great. People, certain neighborhoods are starting to come up. They've um, what they've done is they've like taken these because there'll be whole neighborhoods and only like one house people still live in it. So like what they've been doing is they've been like leveling all these houses and building like farms. And That's like great. And they've been they've been farming in the middle of the city and built and, you know and it just kind of like reclaiming the land and it's become a huge artist town because uh, everything's is. so cheap um, they're able to live in these warehouses and we saw in Brooklyn what artists are able to do with empty warehouses and there's also people on horses I've seen pictures of people on horses yeah because I mean it got so bad that there were like roving packs of dogs attacking people I, at mm-hmm. one point this is like and I and I say this is less than ten years ago this is like seven years ago there were packs of like 60 chihuahuas and they would literally just like attack and and like fucking rip people's face apart my god i would rather one german shepherd over 60 chihuahuas yeah i would prefer (laughs) cena our boy cena his brother um was a plastic surgeon who worked in detroit for a while and uh i was like oh really people get plastic surgery in detroit and then you're like mostly dog fights it's like honestly it's like all dog bites it's all like people like a dog bit someone's lips off and he's got to like put them back on and shit. It's uh, all stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we interviewed them early on. And I remember going in the interview being like, fuck this plastic surgeon. I'm going to go talk to him and be like, you know, your concepts of beauty, blah, blah, blah. But then we actually talked to him and he's like, no, it's mostly like dog fights. <laughs> like, yeah, dog fights and car accidents and stuff like that. And he actually gave me a yeah. lot of good tips to help with my dad's bed sores and stuff like that. And like how the, and like he, he basically, laid it out to me what my dad's condition was and so plastic surgeons you know they get a bad rap for fake boobies but the truth is you know that's just how they make a little extra money um (laughs) so (laughs) this guy all right check this guy out his name's dan gilbert he's a billionaire and he owns the cleveland cavaliers uh and he's invested six billion dollars into detroit recently and he runs Quicken Loans. That's his thing. And so he took Quicken Loans and he moved it to downtown Detroit and brought over 10,000 jobs. And so now downtown Detroit is like beautiful. It's bustling. People are moving back. Kids are going outside. You know, people are walking their babies around. Like no one's scared anymore, you know, because crime is starting yeah. to go down. Uh, and it's and it's it's still seeing declining population, but certain neighborhoods – are on the come up. That's really great. They're using farmland, like really use everything you can. And if these buildings aren't being inhabited, like grow some mm-hmm. corn there, grow some tomatoes, sell it, make some money. Yeah. And there's some cool shit coming up this year. Uh, back in 2011, uh, there was a viral campaign to build a RoboCop statue, uh, <laughs> which is my favorite. RoboCop takes place in Detroit, even though it was filmed in Dallas. Uh, it, it was. It takes place in Detroit, and they they raised seventy grand to build this RoboCop statue on a Kickstarter campaign. And uh, and it's they. It was back in 2011. The statue is being placed uh, in March. It's finally done, and it's going to be placed in March at the uh, Michigan Science Center. Uh, so go check that out, the RoboCop statue. It is 11 feet tall and looks exactly like RoboCop, and it's fucking awesome. The guy, basically, it came from, they're like, Philly's got a Rocky statue. We want a RoboCop statue. Oh, my God. What's the Mississippi statue? Oh, my God. Just ribs. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh man. Uh, so the one of the, my favorite things about Detroit 
is the music. Obviously, it's one of the greatest music towns in America. Um, I would put it up there in the top three with New York and uh, New Prince? Orleans. Didn't Prince come from? Uh, he's from Minnesota. Uh, he's from Minnesota. Now, but here, you, Motown is from Detroit. So all of Motown was created there. There's still the the Motown Museum, which you can go check out. Um, if there's a great documentary, if you guys got time, uh, check out. It's called Standing in the Shadows of Motown, where it follows the Funk Brothers, who were oh. Motown's band. And so, like Stevie Wonder and like the Temptations, they were all singers. The Funk Brothers were the band for everybody, and they have more hits than any other band in the history of music. Um, Barry Gordy ran Motown, and they were kind of just like, in a weird way, like the death row records of doo-wop. <laughs> so like, and uh, the Funk Brothers, they would always show up uh, strapped. Gotcha. Uh, so here we go. Check out this list of musicians. Um, also, I've decided that this week uh, my playlist will be a tribute to all the great artists of Detroit and music that pays tribute to Detroit. But here is my long-ass list of musicians from Detroit and the greater Detroit area. Wow. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. Aretha Franklin, Bob Seger, Eminem, Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, The Supremes, The Temptations, The White Stripes, MC5, The Stooges, The Romantics, Rare Earth, The Dirt Bombs, Rodriguez, Remind me to talk to you about Rodriguez in two seconds. The Detroit Wheels, Jackie Wilson, Danny Brown, Diana Ross, Anita Damn. Baker, Aaliyah, Ray Parker Jr., Big Sean, Sufjan Stevens. What? Sonny Bono, Edwin Starr, Martha Reeves, Dancing in the Street, D12, and even Parliament got their start in Detroit. They're from Jersey, but they all, but they, they, they heard about what was going to, De so George Clinton got everyone, put them in a car and he brought them to Detroit and they parked outside of um, Motown records and just waited for Barry Gordy to come out. And then that's how they started. They started as a doo-wop group called the parliaments and you can what? check. Yeah. That's not the, that isn't really available on Spotify, but you can find it on YouTube. Check out the parliaments. It's unbelievable. A lot of it's old P-Funk songs. Sung doo-wop, and it, that's where they got their start. And so it's, I mean, they do have like a doo-wop sort of like vibe, I think, like a poppy. Yeah. I can I can see that. I mean, it's kind of wild when you first say it, but like now my brain is processing it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I get it. That's where it evolved from. And Rodriguez, um, you ever uh, finding Sugar Man? You ever hear that documentary about no. the um, the artist who was uh, extremely famous in South Africa, and. Uh, they just kept reprinting his albums. Radio stations were selling it and stuff like that. And there was this legend that he killed himself on stage and it was just tortured performer and everyone in South Africa loved it. And they sold millions and millions of copies uh, illegally. Uh, turns out he didn't die and he's just been, he was just working construction in Detroit poor for decades. And then they found him. And uh, and now he's famous, and now he's playing Radio City, and he's touring South Africa, and his music has uh, become popular in America. So if you get a moment, I mean, it's really good stuff, Amber. Um, so check out Rodriguez if you get some time. 
they love their sports uh, in Detroit. Uh, the Lions, they suck forever, but they still have the amazing fan base. The Tigers are great. Um, the Pistons win constantly. And my favorite thing about the Red Wings, uh, the hockey team, when they were so popular, whenever they would win, they would throw squids, giant squids, onto the ice. The fans would sneak them in. They would literally, like a dude, with like a big fat dude like me, would stick a giant squid up in his shirt and he'd sneak it into the stadium. And then when they'd win, he'd throw a fucking squid onto the ice. It was the grossest oh, thing. But I'm that's so, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the final thing uh, that I want to talk about for Detroit, that it's, just, it's become a mecca for cheap filmmaking because it's every, all the locations are so cheap. You could buy a home for cheaper than the fucking location. Also, if you're looking to start your life over, Detroit's not a bad place to take a look uh, because you can be at a home super, super cheap and take your time fixing it up and making it a great place to live. But um, one of the movies that was made there recently that I love is It Follows. You ever see that movie? I love that movie. Yeah. It was made for $2 million, Amber, in Detroit. That's It's insane. It's an allegory for STDs, right? I guess so. I never thought about it like that. Huh. Yeah, because she sleeps with this guy and like it just keeps following you. So like, you know, syphilis or AIDS or whatnot. What what have you? Interesting. Uh, I never thought about yeah. it like that. I was just scared. But <laughs> <laughs> I like that horror movies are like allegories for things. So yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, but that's uh Detroit. In a nutshell. That's wonderful, Ed. You did such a really like in-depth, passionate review on Detroit. I think that would make any Detroiter proud. I've never visited Detroit, but now I would like to. Also, the show Detroiters is great. Okay. Check that out. Uh, our buddy, um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on his fucking name. Um, he did one of the characters episodes. He's, he has that great show on, sketch show on Netflix. Henry Zabrowski? Um, Tim Robinson. Tim Robinson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, Henry's not in Detroiters. And Tim Robinson's episode is probably better than the one we made. But, you know, that's not what we talk about here. Hey, guys, this has been The Brighter Side. We're talking about Mississippi and we're talking about Detroit. Thank you so much for joining us, Amber. It's so nice seeing you. Um, we got to make sure we color coordinate more often. You look great. Um, I, I look like um, I was thrown in a dishwasher. I, yeah, clean. <laughs> great. Um, the, <laughs> uh, Brighter Side Live. We're, check us out on Tuesday. It's happening. 2-9, uh, February 9th, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's the second Tuesday of every month um also we just did a classy night in uh check out the replay amber was on it jackie was on it and jared logan was on it it was a fucking hoot the replay and the replay of any brighter side live uh is on the last podcast network twitch channel uh lots of great things happening over there that's twitch.tv slash last podcast network um how america kill my mother is out it's go check it out Rent it. It's on Vimeo, or you go to HowAmericaKillMyMother.com. I'm very passionate about this film. Uh, you, we need to get the word out. Uh, so watch it, tweet about it, talk about it, follow at HowAmericaKills on Twitter. Amber, you got a Patreon. Tell me about it. 
Yes, Amber Smelson on S-M-E-L-S-O-N. I do cooking videos. I do how to shop at Goodwill. I do like little activities you can do for free and or cheap with your family. Very wholesome, good content that I guarantee will make you happier and more prosperous. Fuck yeah. And every Friday you can hang out with Amber on her porch and have a drink with her. That's a 7 p.m. Pacific usually, right? That's correct. Nice. And uh, Twitter at BrighterSideLPN, at Amber Smelson, at EddieTunes underscore, at Last Podcast Network. Instagram, the Brighter Side LPN, Amber Smelson, EddieTunes, Nando, please be nice, and Last Podcast Network. Follow uh, me on Stereo. Are you on the Stereo app? Get into it. Um, check me out. I'm Eddie Tunes, of course. Uh, hit me up. Maybe we can do a talk sometime. I'll fucking talk to you. I don't give a shit. I'm starting to really enjoy this app. Um, but every week I do at least one show with my cousin Jeff Ross. So check that out there. Sticker giveaway. I just mailed out two. Just get it to me. You know, I get to them when I get to them. So uh, DM me, DM Amber, DM the brighter side and uh, at any of our social platforms. And we will send you a sticker. If you send us your address and full name. Um, also, if you want to mail anything to us, you can do that at the brighter side care of LPN PO box four, seven, zero North Hollywood, California, nine, one, six, zero three. If you want to mail us a self-addressed envelope that's stamped, that would really help us get that sticker out to you a lot faster. This show is free on Spotify and a part of the last podcast network. Um, you guys got to remember to be good to yourselves. Thank you, Fernando and Rob Oki, our new editor for all of your hard work. We love you guys so much. And like I said earlier, my playlist this week is a tribute to Detroit and J Cole's not from Detroit and either is TLC, but the song crooked smile is about Ayanna Jones. And so I'll put it on the playlist and I want you guys to listen to it. Um, that story I feel like doesn't get the press it deserves and it's really gut wrenching. And to me, all the proof you need to know that there needs to be police reform of some sort in this country. Um, that's it, right? I think that's it. I think we found uh, the good and the bad of a lot of places. And um, no matter how bad things get, you can find some positivity in it. Amen. Because, I mean, like when you talk about Detroit and the 1967 riots, it can only go up from there. So <laughs> <laughs> love you guys. Be good to yourselves. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace. They tell me I should fix my grill because I got money now. I ain't gonna sit around in front like I ain't thought about it. A perfect smile is more appealing, but it's funny how my shit is crooked. Look at how far I done got without it. I keep my twisted grill just to show the kids it's real. We ain't picture perfect, but we worth the picture still. I got smart, I got rich, and I got bitches still. And they all look like my eyebrows, thick as hell. Love yourself, girl, or nobody will. Though you a woman, I don't know how you deal with all the pressure to look impressive and go out in heels. I feel for you, killing yourself to find a man that'll kill for you. You wake up, put makeup on, stare in the mirror, but it's clear that you can't face what's wrong. No need to fix what God already put his paintbrush on. Your roommate yelling, why you gotta take so long? What it's like to have a crooked smack. No, it's hard, my darling. You wonder why you're lonely and your man's not calling. You keep falling, victim, cause you're insecure. And when I tell you that you're beautiful, you can't be sure. Cause he don't seem to want you back and it's got you asking. 
This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.